Awesome. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. What's up? Happy New Year. Man, it is so good to just be back with family. So good to be with you guys. Uh, if I haven't uh, gotten to meet you yet, my name is Joe Polino. Uh, and uh, I'm just so excited to be with the church again. I know we had a break on New Year's Day, and I hope your 2023 has gotten off to a good start. And I just want to say on the front end, my wife and I are just beyond honored and humbled uh, to be chosen as the new lead pastors. Um, we, we love this church community. This is our family. This is actually where we met, where we got married, where we've raised our family, where we've had our, our, our best friends and community. And so we just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone, even in, in the last month, who just sent us texts or encouragements or just said, hey, praying for you. Um, or, hey, I have questions. I'm not so sure if, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we have had some good conversations just with people. Like, I just love the way that people have come up and supported us. So I want to say thank you to you. Uh, I also just want to say a spe special thank you to the overseer team. Um, for leading us through this transition and caring for our church so well. There's a scripture in Romans 12, verse 10, where it says, be devoted to one another in love and outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, it's not really a question. It's more of like a command to do these things, right? And I love like a little holy competition, you know, to outdo one another in showing honor. So I want to take a moment to honor our overseer team uh, who put in hours and hours and hours of work prayer, conversations, planning to love and invest in the body of Christ. So Matt Reynolds, I know Alex Sudan is serving in kids ministry, but Matt Reynolds, Jane Koshi, Amy Banta, can y'all raise your hand? Y'all raise your hand? So I want us, for y'all to stay seated, and if you would uh, be so kind as to stand up and clap for them and show them honor for the way that they have served our church. So thankful for you guys. We love you, and we want to recognize the amounts of sacrifice and service y'all have put in. So thank you so much. And, uh, and I also just want to say thank you to Zach uh, and Christina. Uh, man, um, I know there's going to be more opportunity to say a full thank you, but I just want to take the opportunity here to say thank you, Zach, for taking uh, uh, a uh, chance on inviting in someone to be a financial administrator. That was my first job here. And, uh, and you said, hey, why don't you come on and just see what it's like to be a pastor? And through that, you have modeled for me what it's like to follow Jesus, lead a family, pastor a church. You also encouraged me, giving me opportunity to make mistakes. Um, and you have been the best big brother uh, that anyone could ask for. Uh, and I don't have another big brother, just saying, I'm not throwing shade on anyone else. But being the oldest in my family, um, you have been the big brother I never had. And I'm just so honored and so thankful for that mentorship. And Christina, uh, you have been just an amazing support the entire way as well. And if you hadn't been uh, scheming to try to get Amy and me together, you're, so a Christina and Amy, my wife, are sisters. 
So Amy is uh, the greatest gift God has ever given me next to the gospel itself. Um, and I just want to thank you for having a part in that and just being an amazing sister-in-law. So I want to do the same thing for them. I want us to take a moment to stand up and honor Zach and Christina for all the service that they've done. We love y'all. We love y'all so much. Well, God's doing a new thing. Amen? Uh, And the timing seems fitting too. A new year and a new chapter is beginning for our church. Uh, And it coincides with a church rhythm that Zach mentioned that we've done now for the last four years, beginning the church with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, if you haven't been here, you might be a little one, like curious, like that's an interesting way to kick off the new year with a bang, you know, like prayer and fasting, you know, it's a, a kind of an interesting, you know, take, but I think uh, what I can say with complete honesty is that the 21 days of prayer and fasting times we've done over the last few years has become one of my favorite parts of the year. If not the most, if not the favorite thing uh, that we do as a church annually. Um, when Amy and I were dating, she shared with me how January was one of her least favorite months of the year. Uh, She was saying how Christmas is done, it's winter, it's cold. She was a teacher, so she was like, summer is super far away. And I was like, well, babe, I have good news for you. My birthday is in January. (laughs) Now you have something to look forward to every single year. Uh, Surprisingly, that didn't seem to like move the needle much. Um, So, but what we can both say now is that we genuinely get excited every January because we are looking forward to the time of 21 days in prayer and fasting. And maybe a little bit my birthday, maybe that's more me. But, but genuinely, and here, just to kind of lay it out, if you've never been a part of this, here are some things that I love about the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, number one, it helps me grow in my relationship with God. In fact, I think there's a, just a slide up, uh, if you can find it, there you go. It helps me grow in my relationship with God. Um, There's some initial pain of setting aside either food or media for a time. I like eating. (laughs) I I, I like, you know, watching sports and shows, but it helps me to slow down and actually be with Jesus um, and and recalibrate what is the order of my loves in my heart. Like, am I loving him as the gift giver or the gifts that I'm enjoying the thing that I'm really living for? Is that my source of joy? So it helps me. To grow my relationship with God is the most important thing. Number two is it helps me grow in friendships with community, helps me grow closer. So in life groups, uh, over the three weeks, we share what we're praying and fasting for. We share what we need breakthroughs for. Uh, And I'll just say the best way to love one another and be unified in the body of Christ is to pray for one another. I want to say that again. The best way to love one another and be unified in the body of Christ is to pray for one another. When Jesus laid out a new commandment, it says in John 13, as Jesus is washing his disciples' feet before he goes to the cross, he says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you have the Old Testament 10 commandments, right? He's like, a new commandment. Number 11, love as I have loved you. You want to know how to do that? 
pray for one another. That is one of the best ways to do that. So I look forward to that. And the third thing, God hears us and responds to our prayers. Like all throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, God calls his people to call on his name, to pray, to believe in faith, for open doors like Alex and, Johnson, Alex, uh, and Sam Johnson were just saying, to believe, to pray. And so over the past four years we've done this, there have been new ministries started out of the prayer and fasting, new dreams given to people and direction. There have been new lives born again in Christ through people praying for people and coming to the Lord. And there have been new lives born in the natural, children who have been prayed and fasted for uh, and who are here now because of those prayers. And so I just want to be in even now stirring your faith for what we're about to enter into in the month of January. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? So practically, we will begin the 21 days of prayer and fasting on Monday, January 16th. Okay, it just takes a little bit of time for us to get primed and ready and also just get in the new year rhythm. So on Monday, January 16th, we're going to start and it's going to go all the way till, Feb till Sunday, February 5th. So I just want to say, whether it's your first time to join us or it's the fifth time, I want to invite you to jump in. Um, so today, just with the rest of the time, I just want to preview uh, where we're going for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So if you'll please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 33, Isaiah 33. And we're going to be in verse 20. Um, but as you're turning there, I want to take an opportunity just to give you some context uh, and a little backstory to where this, where this scripture came from. So back in the fall of last year of 2022, um, Antioch, as if you didn't know, Antioch Dallas is a part of an extended network of churches in a Antioch movement. Okay, so we're a church planning uh, movement that is both national and international. And so uh, they go through the process of looking at the year ahead and asking leaders, hey, would you send in, would you pray for what is God speaking to our church uh, as a whole, our church movement in the new year? And so then that process, the leaders from across all the churches and church planning teams, they seek the Lord and they send in scriptures or words that they sense. And one of the leaders submitted a spiritual dream where they saw a boat stuck out at sea and people were aboard the boat and they were exhausted. Then another boat came up to that stranded boat and the Lord was in that boat. And the Lord asked them this question, will you throw down your oars? So the person who submitted the dream said that they think this word is for Antioch. And as leadership kind of took this word and like, okay, what could this mean? They really sense that there's something in this of not a, uh, like a loving admonishment of say, we see the way that you as the body of Christ have been rowing, have been working, trying to be faithful. But the Lord is saying, will you drop your oars? Because if you want to go farther in the Lord, then you need to let me be the captain of the ship. You need to drop your oars. And then there were several other words unconnected to that, not knowing about that dream that all had to do with oars, which I won't go into. Uh, but in that process of discernment, both led by the Spirit, they were like, okay, so here's, here's the spiritual gift of prophecy. Here's the word coming. So where is it in the word of God? We want to be anchored in the word of God. We want to both be a, a Spirit-led church and the Spirit's going to lead us to the word. It's going to lift up Jesus. So where is the word of the Lord? And so in October... 
uh, Zach and myself were in a team leader gathering in Rome, and actually the Johnstons were there as well. And so Jimmy Cyber, who's the, the, the senior leader and founder of the Antioch movement, he shared this passage from Isaiah 33, verse 20 through 20, 22, that connected this theme of surrender in the oars. So I'm going to read that. So I invite you to read it with me. It'll be on the screen as well. It says, look on Zion, the city of our festivals. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful abode, a tent that will not be moved. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes broken. There the Lord will be our mighty one. It will be like a place of broad rivers and streams. No galley with oars will ride them. No mighty ship will sail them. For the Lord, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. And so as Jimmy is sharing this word and he's kind of unpacking it, which I'm about to do for you, like before there was any kind of like response of like here's like people, like leaders were getting up out of their chairs and just falling on the floor, not falling, but they were like laying as if to say like, you don't need to get to the altar call. Like I, I, I'm, I'm in, like I'm down. And so there was just like this pull of God dealing with the hearts of the leaders of saying, I surrender, I surrender now to the captain of the ship. And so let's look at these verses again, line by line. And so the context of Isaiah 33 is that God is speaking to the Israelites a promise through Isaiah that their home, which is currently being destroyed, Jerusalem in the physical by the Assyrian army will be restored one day permanently. That is what Isaiah is prophesying. So when he says, look on Zion, the city of our festivals, your eyes will see Jerusalem. So Zion and Jerusalem, uh, you know, it's, it's, and then he says, a peaceful abode, a tent that will not be moved. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes broken. So God is promising one day to restore to them their home of Jerusalem and Zion, that it would be a place marked by peace, not by war, that it would be a tent that would not be moved. And that immediately makes them think back to when in the wilderness, the presence of God led them by a, a, a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day, and there was a tent that they would follow. And so they have this idea of like, okay, God's presence is gonna be with us like it was then, except the difference is, is that we're not gonna be moved. Like it's, it's gonna be rooted and nothing will tear it down. No ropes will be broken. Now for us as followers of Jesus in the New Testament, when we, when we see Zion, when we see Jerusalem, we should be thinking about the Zion of the, the kingdom that will not be shaken, that's talking about in Hebrews 12, about Revelation 21, where the new Jerusalem and the new heavens and the new earth are gonna come and, he, and Jesus is gonna say, I'm making all things new. And so our permanent home being established with the Lord. And so there's an encouragement here for us as well. Let's keep reading though. Verse 21 says, there the Lord will be our mighty one. It will be like a place of broad rivers and streams, no galley with oars will ride them. No mighty ship will sail them. So what is this saying? Well, when it talks about a place of broad rivers and streams, many cities are built besides rivers, rivers or streams because of the life it provides, like genuine, like water and life and the trade and things like that. But Jerusalem in the physical, like in Israel, is not one of those cities that's built by a river. But here it's saying it will be like 
a place of broad rivers and streams because the Lord, the mighty one is there. It will be a place of life. It will be a place where there is uh, abundant life. And, 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 but also rivers, as they bring life to a city, they also could be entry points for enemies to come in and take over. And so it says, this broad river will be a place where there's no need for a navy for protection. There will be no galley with oars. And if you think about, I didn't know what a galley was. If you've seen pictures of like the old Viking ships where they have, you know, maybe 40 oars, you know, on each side, that's like a galley ship. It's a warship. No galley ship will, with oars will ride them. No mighty ship will sail them. Why? Because God is the mighty one. God is the one who will provide protection. Then it goes in and describes who this mighty one is. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And it is he who will save us. And here we actually get, interestingly enough, our three branches of government in the US. He's our judge, the judicial branch, who sets, uh, who interprets the law. And how do we apply it rightly? We have the lawgiver, the, one, the legislative branch writes the laws. And then we have the king or executive branch who enforces justice and protects the nation. And what he's saying here is that the Lord is going to be all of this for us. The Lord is going to be all of our needs, all of the justice, all of the needs for security and protection. He is the one that's gonna provide it. So let's get back to just our fast and this focus on this word of ors. So I believe with this scripture and other scriptures that we'll share in the coming weeks that God is doing a unifying work across Antioch. Like this isn't just a word for Antioch Dallas. This is a word for uh, the 39, I think, churches we have in the US and around the 70 international teams. Like this is a word for all of us. So when we're gonna enter into this fast, it's gonna be a unified one with uh, just this entering into this year with one heart of saying, Lord, would you help us to surrender to the captain of the ship again? But I also just believe in talking with different churches. We're part of the big C church, the kingdom of God. There is a new thing that God's doing in churches in the West in particular, where people are just saying, we're laying down our agendas. We're laying down our plans. We're laying down our wineskins. And we just want the Lord to come. We want there to be unity. We want there to be God honored. And so God's doing a new thing. And we want to be just saying, yes, yes, as individuals. And yes, as a church, God, would you do it? So, you might be thinking, hey, that's, you know, that's, that's a cool scripture, but what, what does that actually look like to lay down your oars? Um, to actually have uh, Matt, thank you for bringing me this. This oar is actually uh, Jim and Adelia Lewis helped me to get this oar. Um, uh, I was like, who has a boat or lives on the Lewises? So this is actually a paddleboard um, oar. If you think about an oar, what is an oar? What, what's the purpose of an oar? Well, one of them is that with my own strength, I can propel a boat forward. I can power it, right? I can, and the other one is that I can navigate it or I can, with my own wisdom or my own skill, take the boat where I want it to be. Now, I was thinking, you know, maybe another uh, purpose of the oar is that if you're in danger, you know, you can whack at something, you know, coming up against your boat, or someone who's trying to get on your boat, you know, so maybe it's self-protection. You know, maybe there's even pride of like, you know what, I'm pretty good with an oar. I'm pretty strong. I can navigate these waters really well. Um, 
You know, so, so for us, what, what does it look like to actually lay down your oar? And so I just wrote down a few things to help us think about what could it look like to lay down our oars. One is that you lay down relying on your own strength. And instead you're saying, God, you are the mighty one in this situation or in my life. And so I'm laying down my oar. Another one is that just your own wisdom or plans. Like, I don't know how to navigate this certain situation. And I know, man, just even thinking about this year and taking into this new role, I'm like, okay, like, Lord, would you give me heavenly wisdom? But I just feel my, I feel within me, just a desire to grab the oar. And like, okay, we gotta, you know, let's plan, let's do this. Instead of just, you know, laying down those anxious thoughts, honestly, and just saying, Lord, I wanna trust your wisdom and your plans that you have, you have a good direction for our church. Now surrender it to you. And that's the place of surrender is a place of beginning to like to abide and follow him, right? Another place, just your own self-righteousness, your own ability, your own merit. You know, like I was saying, like, oh, I'm pretty good at rowing the oar. It's like, well, you know, I think, I think, I think I have this understood, but if just the rest of the people would get on the same page or, you know, it's not, it's not, not the boat, it's not the oars, it's that people are rowing together in sync, you know, like, Come on, get on the same page. Like maybe you have pride on your own ability and you're just like, you know what? I need to lay it down and receive your righteousness. Like that's, it's amazing. I could never, ever, ever, like I fall short of the glory of God because the glory of God is amazing. But you have come to me. And, and it's just in, in a scripture in, um, in Romans 6, it calls us that we were enemies of God, but God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so when we surrender you know, it matters who we're surrendering to, right? We're not just surrendering to anybody. In fact, surrendering to Jesus is really the only place of freedom. Surrendering to anything else is not. But surrendering to, to, to Jesus is a place of freedom. And so when you surrender to him, he gives us his own righteousness as a gift. We're free. Like, you don't need to, like, your vow, my, I, I just, I'll just share this week man, I've been praying and prepping for this sermon and just like, it just wasn't coming together as quickly as I wanted it to. And so I was like, well, maybe I should just drop my oar and just not prepare, you know? And I don't think, we'll get into what this doesn't mean in a second, but, but it wasn't that, but it was like, I was like, Jesus, what do you want me to surrender? It was like just these anxious thoughts of, man, I really want to do a good job and I really want to see the church built up and I want to see you honored. And the Lord was like, Joe, I want you to surrender your success to me. Because I was, what he was pointing at was like, I was wanting success in ministry more than I was in just being with him and abiding and trusting in him. So there is, there is a deep personal work that's gonna happen when we ask these questions that I'm just so excited because the Holy Spirit's a really good counselor. Amen? And he's the one that's gonna like put his finger on what we need to surrender. And uh, so that's one of my oars. I probably have about, you know, 50 to 100 that, that are gonna come about, but I'm ready. I'm ready to lay it down. And, and the other thing is just your own ability to protect, your own ability to protect yourself. I wanna lay it down, I wanna surrender to the Lord. And that's not just protecting yourself, that's protecting the people that you care about. And you say, Lord, I entrust this person to you. That's my, my, my might be the hardest oar for me to surrender, honestly is entrusting, you know, I, I, I just want to care and shepherd well and, and, 
and just saying, but ultimately, Lord, you're the shepherd of the people that I care about. So you got you guys tracking with me on the on the or part. So let's go into what dropping or does not look like. Okay, it does not look like choosing selfishness. Okay, so uh, you know when I go home uh, after work and you know Amy's with the kids and she's normally making dinner like and she's like, babe, can you help with the kids? Can you do the dishes? Can you set the table? I'm like, I'm dropping my oars, baby. I'm done. I'm done. Jesus, take the wheel, you know? Uh, it's, not, it's not dropping the oars in order to like do what I want to do. It's not dropping the oars in the sense of like surrendering our privilege and our joy to get to love God, love people, and work hard unto him. Like that's not, that, that's part of what God's leading us into. And in fact, surrender is also not passivity of what God's calling us to. In fact, I think as we surrender our oars, there's some of us, as I was praying, just submit this uh, to whoever it would benefit, but just getting a picture of people who have been straining at the oars and are exhausted because they're fighting the current that God's trying to take them in. And so as they lay down the oar, there's going to be new things that are going to be required for you to actually step into new opportunities, new open doors, or new pathways. Maybe that's for you. Just submit that to the Lord. But like, just surrendering does not mean passivity. It actually could mean that you actually take steps you've never taken before. Okay? Whew. So 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is a beautiful thing because like I said, God's going to speak unique things to every person. So how are we going to do it? Well, for one, we're going to pray this prayer. Well, I'll just say we, we made a prayer booklet. It's on our website now in PDF version. Next week, we'll have it in like physical copy. It's awesome. There's this graphic designer named Evie. Uh, is it Evie or Evie? Evie. Um, she just has, does an amazing job of bringing these, these themes to life that we've worked with and our team and our overseers have worked on this booklet. And one of the things that we're going to pray every 21 days is just this phrase, Jesus, I surrender, fill in the blank to you today and trust in you. Jesus, I surrender and you fill in the blank to you today and trust in you. Um, and some examples of what that could look like uh, Jesus, I surrender a situation at work to you today, and I trust in you. Jesus, I surrender a relationship that I, I don't know what to do with, and I trust in you. Jesus, I surrender this desire of my heart, that which could very well be good, but I surrender that to you today, and I trust in you. Jesus, I surrender my fears to you today, and trust in you. I surrender my plans and agenda to you today, and trust in you. I, I'm just so excited for God to to speak to us. And it really is like Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24, where it says, search me, God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so that is going to be our, our fast theme for the year. And I'm so, so, so excited about it. You guys excited? Okay. Um, so how are we going to fast? How are we going to fast? Well, uh, I believe we also have a a slide of it. There you go. So we've done a few different things. So when you, in scripture, most of the time, whenever you see fasting, it's from food. But there's, there's so many different ways that you can fast. So one of the ways that we're going to fast is in week one, starting on January 16th, we're going to fast from media. We're going to lay aside consuming media that's non-essential, meaning it's not your work or putting your iPad away or telling your boss you can't respond to that email or or whatnot, or 
you know, sorry, prof. Like I, I just can't, uh, can't do the homework this week. My church is fasting from media. Um, no, that's not what we're doing. We, we are encouraging everyone to fast from non-essential media like TV, uh, social media, sports. Um, I am not unaware that we will get one cowboy game in uh, on January 15th. Um, I'm just saying those things are bad. But when we lay aside that time that we would spend scrolling and that time we'd spend watching, it's saying, God, would you meet me again? And I want to surrender. And Lord, would you show me what oars I need to drop? So I'm excited for that. That's week one. That's media. Week two is from food. Just in some way, encouraging everyone to fast from food. If you've never done that before, encourage you to fast a meal with us that week and to use that time instead of eating to pray. If you've fasted before, just ask the Lord, how do you want me to participate? And if you're a family, uh, there's a, in the booklet we have, there's more suggestions, which we'll get into of how to have your kids involved in this too. We don't recommend growing kids fast on food, but, we, but there's opportunity for us here. And so the last one, we've never done this before. Uh, this is kind of like a experiment with our church, but we're going to fast. I'm calling it time because instead of doing maybe what you normally would do, you're devoting an hour of prayer. So we collectively as a church could have seven days of 24 hour prayer going on the last week of our fast. Okay. And the reason is a few reasons, but I believe that as we are fasting individually and God, God, would you show us the orders to surrender that at the end when we're collectively creating this, uh, this chain, if you will, of just praying and fasting and, and, and pressing in the prayer that there's a unifying work that God's gonna do in us as a church to speak to us and also unify our hearts heading into the new year. So I'm excited. We've never done that before. Maybe some nursing moms might need to take some early hours or, you know, I, I, I don't know. Jesus uh, prayed all night before he picked the disciples. So there's, there's, uh, there's grace to do it. And we're going to learn together and it's going to be fun and uh, I'm excited. So um, yeah, so like I said, you can go on our website now, antiochdallas.org and at the top, you can check out the 21 days of prayer booklet, but in the coming weeks, so next week, and uh, we're going to talk more about it and then we'll be ready to go January 16th. Okay. You guys good to go? Okay. Well, hey, we're going we're gonna to stand. I have the band come on up and I, I just feel like even now in this um, preparation time that God's going to begin to speak to people about the oars and about things that we need to surrender to him. Um, and just even praying for uh, this service ahead of time. Uh, I just got two pictures that I just want to share that could be for someone in this room. And, um, and then in a moment where our, our, the band's going to lead us into a worship song of response. But one of the pictures um, was of a woman in a rowboat. And it was a one-person rowboat in this particular picture. And she was really um, struggling and just had this, this face of just like frustration and just felt like the thing that she was asking was like, God, are, are you even real? And if you're real, like, where are you? And so she was just in the rowboat, not, not moving, but as... She was saying that Jesus was like in a boat that was like touching her and she was like, he was like right in front of her face and like holding out his hand to her and saying, would you, would you drop the oars? I'm right here. Would you, would you trust me? So just in that, I just want to submit that. I don't know if that's, that's someone here, 
But if that picture resonates with you, you've just maybe even said that. I'm just like, God, if you're like, are you even real? Are you even hearing me? And not to discount the challenges in your life, but I feel like God is just wanting to say, would you take a step of faith? And would you trust me? And would you let me in? So that's one picture. Another picture with someone on a boat in a storm and they've been in a storm for a long time. Uh, they've become even used to the storm, just like waves throwing them back and forth. And in this picture, um, I felt like the Lord was just saying, would you call out to me in the storm? And would you drop your oars and would you lay down in the boat? And as that happened, the person in my mind's eye just dropped their oars and started laying down on the boat and just was carried along by the storm. And then when they woke up, Jesus was sitting at the front and there was just peace that came in the boat. And so I just wanna submit those because we believe that the Spirit of God is uh, speaking and giving grace through gifts of prophecy. So we wanna step out on that. And so if that's something that uh, resonates with you, we just invite you to come up and respond to the front. If I could have the prayer and prophetic team and our staff and overseers up here, if you just need someone to pray with you and you just feel like God's even beginning to deal with you now, um, this is a time to respond. This is like, like Donnie was saying, and, and this is a family. And we want this to be a place where we as the family of God can come and, and just bear one another's burdens. And so if that's you, and maybe for, for others of you, it's just responding by just asking that prayer, Jesus, what are you calling me to surrender today? What or are you calling me to surrender? And maybe it's just like, as we sing this song about King Jesus, you're just like, Lord, would you show me that you are the lawgiver, the judge, and the king, you are the one who's gonna save me as I enter in to this year. So I just encourage you, let's respond to the Lord, let's stand, and I'm gonna pray for us, and the worship band's gonna lead us into the next time, next worship song. So Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for this word. God, thank you for the body of Christ and that you speak to us, you build us up. You are the leader of the church, God. You are the one that build us up. You are the one that is in charge. You're the captain of the ship and we surrender over to you, God, all that we are. And Lord, we love that you are mighty and high, but you are intimately acquainted with what we need in a personal way. You know us better than we know ourselves, God. Would you search us and know us? Would you test our anxious thoughts? And would you lead us in the way everlasting, God? So we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.